This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made For This podcast. Thanks to Rothy's for supporting Made For This. Rothy's are the perfect shoes for commuting and traveling. Everyone notices them. Yep, they have chic, pointed toe flats, but they have tons of iconic head-turning designs in bright but sophisticated colors. Discover the versatile styles you can wear absolutely anywhere and get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash made for this. If you're following along with the Find Your People book club, this week we'll be reading chapter 10. And now here's Jenny. Well, guys, we have arrived at a moment. We are talking about two very, very big subjects this week. Originally, these chapters were actually divided. I had two chapters for this because they're such big issues. Number one, our families. Number two, the church. Two huge topics that are loaded and difficult and can be heated, and I know it. And you actually shared so many stories with me as I was writing about these topics. They come up a lot in my conversations online and with you in person as I worked on this book because you can't talk about your people and not bring up both of these topics. And nobody has caused more hurt in so many of your lives than your families. And honestly, also, no one besides family has caused more hurt than the local church. And so, so many of you shared very vulnerably, why that was, what hurts you have encountered there. But I want to start with a lot of hope that one of the other stories I've heard a lot of is just that of repair, that many of you have reached out to people that you love and done your best to restore or to repair a relationship. And I'm so grateful for that. And that's certainly one of my prayers around this project, that that would happen. But before we get started in that, I actually want to pray because Again, these are just such big topics. So God, will you just give us grace as we talk about your plan for our relationships when it comes to family and the church? I know this is your vision and it is good, and yet there are sinners involved everywhere in all parts of our lives, and so it has been very messy and difficult. So give us grace, give us your eyes to see family and to see the church the way that you see it. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's start with family. Guys, Is if you've read the book, you know that I get pretty honest about specifically a relationship with my dad in that my dad is amazing. I just talked to him a couple hours ago. We have a great relationship. But I grew up very wounded by my dad. I felt a lot of pressure. I felt like I never could measure up. And candidly, there was just a guard every time I was around him that I was scared I would get hurt because I cared so, so much what he thought. And my dad did so much right. Oh, my gosh. He tucked us in at night. He was a leader in our family and for our family and and in the church. He provided for us. He took us to amazing experiences, and he loved us. He doted on us. He still loves us and dotes on us and takes care of us in ways, you know, I think everybody listening would kill for someone to take care of them the way that my dad took care of us. And yet, of course, like all of us, there were deficits and there were places that I left, whether it was fair or not, very hurt by my dad. Did a lot of counseling, came back to him, talked about it. And I tell that story for the first time in the book. And it's one of the most talked about, if you've made it this far in the book, 
things that I wrote because I think so many people hope that they can have a relationship like that where there's brokenness and they make amends. And that story, honestly, one reason I put it in there, my dad gave me permission to do so. He is amazing. He's told me in the past, like, I want to glorify God. And if that means I have to look bad in your books, I receive that. And he doesn't look bad. He actually just looks like a loving dad that wasn't perfect. And that's all of us, a loving parent that isn't perfect, right? And so he is so humble and he really took that hit, just letting me tell these stories. But I talk about just the process of making amends and and sitting down with him when I was close to 30 and telling him, hey, these are the things that you did so well. And I wrote it all out. And then here's the things that have been hard for me and hurt me. And he cried. And I really couldn't see how it would go positively because either he would say, oh my gosh, Jenny, I didn't mean those things. Or, oh, you know, I don't even know what you're talking about. Or two, I did mean those things and you didn't really measure up. <laughs> and you know, I, I just couldn't figure out exactly where I wanted him to land and how I wanted him to respond. I really couldn't see a win. And yet I really was being obedient. And I felt like the Lord was like, you need to read this letter to your dad and you need to kind of pull up this anchor that you've had in your life where you've had some hurt. And so I read him the letter and the response is so beautiful. I mean, I just never dreamt in a million years that he would do this, but he just cried and really said, this wasn't your fault, Jenny. Like I am coming from places of where I'm trying to measure up too, you know? And he just was so humble and talked about his his family and his parents. And I just think it it was just so beautiful because it was really restorative and really healing. And our relationship has been so much better since that point on. And I'm so grateful I did it. Now, not everybody's family is going to respond that way, but they could. And I would just say, sometimes we decide how things are going to go and we write people off and we pull away and we never say, you know what? It would mean so much to me if y'all didn't criticize our parenting or tell us any longer like what a disappointment. Like just use your words. Some of you are coming from toxic, abusive families. That is not what I'm talking about. But some of you are just annoyed and bothered, right? And that is what I'm talking about. Because now that I'm approaching the age where my kids are grown and thinking for themselves and building their own lives – I would want them to tell me that's that's my posture, but I know that's not everybody and that's not your family's perhaps. But I would I would just challenge you to give it a try. One try, <laughs> not a hundred, but give it a try and just see if they would respond to the hurts that they've maybe caused in your life. If you can let them go, let them go and prioritize family because God gave us family as a protection in our lives. But if you can't, then scripture is pretty clear, like don't let a root of bitterness take hold of you and just say, hey, this is what what's hard and this is what has hurt me and see how it goes. I, I would say when it comes to family, there's a sense that, you know, it, it might feel easier to not pursue it or to not be, you know, really intentional and, and to cause <laughs> thriving and healing to happen. It would be easier. And, and you're right. It would be. But it could be a rich, beautiful gift in your life. And even if it's imperfect, because there's something about family. Family is connected to you in a way that nobody else is, that that are committed to you in a way that nobody else is because of history, because of years, potentially because of blood. So by now you've probably seen colorful 
fun Rothy's everywhere because I'm not kidding you, everyone's wearing them these days. They are so cute and they're the perfect shoes for commuting and traveling, taking with you on the airplane. And Rothy's is known for their chic pointed toe flats, but that's only the beginning. Plus, Rothy's work great with every outfit, so you can wear them with yoga pants or dress them up for a night out. They're really versatile and insanely comfortable too. Like they feel like a slipper on your foot. My favorite Rothy's that I have loved and gotten so many compliments on are my, my camel colored sneakers. They're so cute, comfortable, and great for summertime because they're really breathable. They're especially cute with spring dresses when you just wanna throw something on, look put together for the day. I'm going on well over a year of wearing my first pair of Rothy's and they still look like I just pulled them out of the box. Jenny and I both love wearing our Rothy's and your new favorite shoes are waiting. Discover the versatile styles you can wear absolutely anywhere and get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash made for this. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash made for this for $20 off your first order. And now back to Jenny. Some of you, family is not an option. Some of you, it is broken beyond repair or you just don't have it. You don't have family. And I just want to say that is why God sets us in local churches. It's why the local church should mean so much to us because we are given a family. That's what it's supposed to be. He calls it a family. He uses language around it that we're a body, that we work together as one, that we are a family, that Christ is the bridegroom and we are the bride, that we are on mission together and doing life together in such a way that it is unique and stands out in the world. And specifically, as I've told you before, he's closing out his time with his people and he says, your, people are going to know you by your love for one another. That's how they're going to know that you're believers, is you take care of one another. Another verse says that he sets the fatherless in families, that when you don't have a family, he he provides one for you. And it's what the local church in its best case is supposed to be. In its best sense of the word, it is supposed to be a family. And so, you know, my my husband, he used to have us when, when we were planting the church, and it was like 150 people. At the end of church, we used to stand up, and we'd, we'd stand outside of the little cafeteria chairs, and we would face each other, and we would hold hands, and he would say, we're a family. And then he would have us turn around and hold hands, and he would say, and we're an army, that we're both, that we take care of each other, but we also go and spread this love to the world. And that is how it's what it's supposed to be. And I've tasted that. When my husband and I started the church and there were 150 people there, we would have potluck lunches after church. We would be in and out of each other's lives. We would help each other raise each other's kids. I Just recently when my friend Shelby Cook, she was sending me pictures of our kids when they were two and three together. They were being raised together. And it was so precious and intimate. We were all so connected to each other and and so for each other. And there were so many great parts about it. We almost required when you became a member at our church that you would go through kind of a celebrate recovery type class that that you would confess sin to each other and understand what your proclivities are to sin. Like it was safe. It was you could bring anything to that group and we were for each other and taking care of each other. And it was super unique and super special. And people were drawn to it because of our love for each other. We literally accomplished that verse that that people came and joined our church, not because we met in a cafeteria, not because we had anything to offer, except that they were drawn to the relationships we had and the, the family that we were to each other. And that was really, those were really, really special years of being a part of a church plant. And I think that's how we're supposed to do it. You know, some of you go to huge churches 
And I would say the best, I, I do personally go to a huge church. And so the best way that has fleshed itself out for me at a big church is through a small group that we really go deep and we really commit to each other. It's not just a once a month little gathering. Like we're meeting weekly as women and regularly as couples and we're in each other's business. One of the guys was just over here helping Zach walk through something tonight. And so that's how we we roll. Like we do this in a family. We we build a family wherever we are. So if you don't live near your family or if you're estranged from your family, you can go join the closest local church that you have and I always say start serving in the nursery and make friends of all different ages and start there. Now, that church will hurt you. It's full of sinners. It will disappoint you. It will not be a perfect family. There are no perfect people and there are no perfect families and there are no perfect churches. However, what God did for us was build a way for us to to live differently, to be hurt and to still fight for people and to not give up on people. Because of his love, because of what he did, you know, we're able to do the same. First Peter 2 talks about he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, we were healed. And then the verse before that, that's that's the promise, right? That's what he did for us. But in the verse before that, it says, they hurled their insults at him and he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He waited on his father to judge him. He did not worry about how people treated him. In fact, and then the next verse, as I read, he died for our sins, even the people that were hurting him, even the people that were reviling him and throwing insults at him. And nailing him to a cross, he died for them. And that is the gospel. That is the thing that we believe, we that are Christians believe. And so therefore, when we are hurt, we are able to forgive. I know it sounds like a lot happened tonight, and it has. Um, One of the conversations that my husband just had was with someone that recently hurt him. And he sat down with with them face-to-face, and one of the small group members was with them. And and he was able to forgive that person and said that, looked at that person and said, I forgive you. And it just, you know, there's something, and he really did. And he was like, Jenny, I really, I really do. I really can still be friends with him because of what God did for me. And so that is the world we live in. It's broken. It's difficult. It's messy. We get hurt. We hurt. <laughs> but we have this hope that there was this man named Jesus that was also God that chose to live in a broken world and be hurt by people and yet to love them anyway, and to love them even to the point of dying for them. And and that is our God, and that is our hope, and that is our means. It's the means by which we can love and forgive other people. I know this is tricky, and I know for many of you, you're like, but you don't understand my situation. You can't imagine what I've been through. I can't. You're right. I probably can't. But God does. And right now, you're going to turn this off. The music's going to play, and you're going to turn this off, and you're going to be with Him. And whether you're in a car or on vacation or in your dorm room or in your house, you're going to be alone and have a chance sometime today to to talk to God and to say, this is what I think I can't forgive. This is who I think I can't forgive and why. And and I would just tell him and wait with that and sit with that. And you know what? He's not like hands on his hips, pointing his finger being like, but I forgave you. He's sitting there going, I know, like, I know this is hard. I know that they hurt you. And I am angry at that too. Like I I see injustice, and I do not want it for my children. And this is hard. And I know hard. I've done hard. <laughs> and he will help you. It's the only way. There's not another way. My willpower will never help me forget and move past the hurts that other people have caused me. But his spirit, 
and his supernatural power does. And it happens in those quiet moments where you just sit and wait and ask. Now, there are times to work things out and there are times to let things go. And that's a whole other podcast we can do. I talk a lot about that in the book of how to, when to decide, like, is this something I need to take to someone else? But today, I just think it's it's these huge things. It's, it's the huge moments that it feels too big to forgive. So God help. Help the person listening right now that feels like they cannot forgive. And God, maybe restoration isn't possible, but God, as much as it is possible, your scripture says for us to live at peace with all men. So show us where it is still possible for us to try and, and where it isn't, where we can't make amends, where we can't repair. God, help us to trust you with that brokenness. And God, for the hurts that it feels impossible to forgive or to forget, God, would you move so closely to those people and to that hurt and comfort them and give them vision, give them hope, give them the next step. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, guys, it's season 10 of the Made for This podcast, and you will not want to miss a single episode. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review so that other people can find the show too. We're so glad you're here. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Made for This podcast.